Hello, happy Friday. I wanted to get this wrap up out to you before the weekend. If you can, open up your Bible and get to Acts chapter 3. We will read it verse by verse and recap it all. Today I am in the ESV. Whatever translation you are reading from may be a little different. Um, I want to reiterate here that whatever version of the Bible you are reading from is perfect. Don't let anyone shame you or make you feel bad about the version you enjoy and find peace with. If you are connecting with God's word, that is all that matters to God. I will be doing a study covering Bible translations and if we can trust our modern Bibles. And I hope you'll join me for that because I think you'll be surprised in a comforting way about the truth of our scriptures. All right, so let's get into Acts chapter 3, um, verse 1. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Remember, the apostles and early followers of Jesus are still Jewish. Um, they are still following their Jewish traditions and going to the temple to pray and meet together. They were also meeting in houses and enjoying fellowship and community together as we saw there at the end of chapter 2. Verse number 2, And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the Beautiful Gate, to ask alms of the, those entering the temple. Verse 3, Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. Um, we know this man was lame from birth, he was unable to walk, and it wasn't uncommon in these times, as it's not uncommon now. Um, think of like Manhattan, New York. Um, there are people nearly on every block begging for money or requesting some kind of help. We see this a lot in big cities and even in suburban areas like where I live. Occasionally you see people outside grocery stores or in medians with signs asking for money. So. The word alms is essentially a donation given as an act of virtue. Um, verse 4, And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his eyes on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. This is the very first healing miracle that we see from the apostles. And Peter has this great line. He says, look at us. I see that hand motion, you know, like focus here. Don't look at the other people walking by. I know I just told you I don't have silver or gold, but look at us. We have something better. We have healing and salvation in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk, man. Verse 7, and he took him by the right hand and raised him up and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong and leaping up he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them walking and leaping and praising God and all the people saw him walking and praising God and they recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And I asked you on Monday, you know, are you leaping up and walking in the strength of the Lord? Are you praising God in front of other people? Or are you keeping it out of the way of judgment, controversy, and possibly argument? Listen, no one is going to be greatly amazed by your faith about your Jesus if you aren't showing them by walking and praising him. 
listen, I'm going to go off here for a second, but the greatest people I know, the people who spread joy and just fill you up with light when you're around them are the people who have seen the darkest components of sin, evil, and human destruction. People that have just been shattered by the evil actions of others, the inexplainable pains that life itself can't pull us out of, the things, the voices, the endless nightmares of trauma and grief that only the Holy Spirit can silence. The people that have walked not only through these valleys, but have walked barefoot on the thickest thorns without flinching. And they just keep walking because it's the only way to go. And at some point, they find light. Someone, something, picks them up out of this valley and they see the light. And despite the scars that will forever remain on their souls and having no reason to trust anything or anyone, they trust the Holy Spirit that pulled them out of that dark valley. Those people, they've seen the evil one face to face and they laugh at him because he couldn't defeat them. That's why they're so full of joy. I love those people. Those are my people. They don't just know God. They know at what depths God will come for those who belong to him. Look, you might feel lost. You might be sitting in front of that beautiful gate with your hand out, accepting what you think is your fate. But here comes Peter and John saying, nah, look at us. Don't focus on them. Don't focus on that kid at school. Don't focus on that lady that gives her best effort every day to put you down. Don't focus on what everyone else is doing. Look here. Look at us. It's not silver. It's not gold. It's everything you need. It's healing. It's forgiveness. It's power. It's both justice and mercy. It's strength and it's joy. It's, it's Jesus. All right. <laughs> Sorry about that. But Peter comes out with some verbal left hooks here. He's saying what needs to be said in this moment. It's exactly what I want to ask you. Verse 11. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. He said, men of Israel, my friends, people of YouTube, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? It's not me. It's not us. Why are you so adamant, so dedicated to your disbelief, so hung up on why people find peace and strength in Jesus? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate. When he had decided to release him, listen, if Christianity is false, if faith is false, just deny it. Why persecute? Why does it bother you that much? What's going on in here, in your heart? Why does it bother you that there are people at peace because of their faith? I think that's the problem. You don't like peace. Sure, you're a good person because you haven't murdered, raped, or stolen from anyone. But people at peace in their faith is maddening to you. And the one who sent you. 
Isaiah 32, 17. And the effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. Atheists confuse quiet and at peace with ignorance and naivety. Proverbs 12.20 Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but those who plan peace have joy. John 14.27 Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And I, I could go on and on with these verses all day. Romans 15.13, Ephesians 2.14, uh, Colossians 3.15. But here in Acts chapter 3, verse 14, Peter says, You denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given this man perfect health in the presence of all of you. And now, brothers, I know that you have acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. And Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you, and it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaim these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your father, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. Listen, with this, Peter tells us three things. Remember, repent, receive Christ, and don't just tell someone about it. Go show someone about it. Leap up and walk with the strength of the Lord. In Philippians 4, 7, it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Christians aren't ignorant or naive. Most of us came to our faith through human destruction. God pulled us out of dark valleys and where you struggle with understanding, trying to understand and find man-made solutions, theories, and explanations. We have found the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. It's not that we don't understand how the world works or what is going on in the universe. It's that God has given us peace not to worry about what the James Webb telescope has found. Everything I've seen out of it has been beauty. Beautiful images of God created expanse, depths of the heavens that are only a tease of what we'll see when the earth is redeemed and evil exists no more. So tomorrow, 
I'm introducing a new series called Surrounding Jesus, where each week we will investigate all the early followers of Jesus, including the apostles and Jesus's best friend, Lazarus. It will be a really fun series. So subscribe and set to all notifications to know when all of my videos go live. Look, I'll see you next week where Peter and John get into a little trouble in chapter four. We'll cover it all.